This is JFM Podcast. He insisted that his own boy will be governor. The best journalists are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Swamalad left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fada and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fan. It was a very beautiful uh, Tuesday evening, 16th of January 2024. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's the day? How's the going? Good evening, Ponsak. Um, it was a good day. Indeed, a good day to call a good day again. And it's Tuesday, the 16th of January. I think. Um, contrary to popular opinions, January has flown deeper than or even faster than we first thought as the year began. Good evening, Pontac. Good evening, listener. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, uh, is this January that I, I didn't hear people complain that uh, January has 50 days, you know, <laughs> uh, because of how, you know, people always spend, you know, over the holidays. So uh, they are left with little money, you know, saved or uh, and they start thinking of a lot of things, you know, house rent, tuition fee for kids, uh, maybe some Christmas other... debt, yeah. repayment. Well, you know, there's this house saying that Christmas, yeah, carry Ambarwawa, the So I think that uh, it has gotten into our people's, you know, consciousness. Yes, yes. Uh, that you see, you know, families, you know, Christmas is just a normal holiday, you know, everybody home uh, because it's the same thing that they eat. I mean, chicken, chicken. So. Uh, right, right. Yeah, one of my friends, you know, during the Christmas, he he told me that he he told his kids that Christmas is not a big holiday, is not a big uh, celebration. It's supposed to be very solemn. I said, don't lie to them. And if I if I if I find myself in your house, I'm going to tell the kids that when I was a kid, this is how Christmas was. I make sure that I get new clothes, new shoes. Uh, I mean, I have all that I want to eat and be feel, you know, uh, on Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, even two days after Christmas. Uh, and, you know, we just laughed over it. But here we are, Gilbert. I mean, what stories have you been uh, following? Let's look at, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Olubo Mitunji Ojo, the Minister for Interior, and his inability to turn in himself at the, honor season, the invitation, or the invitation. Wow. whichever way you want to call that um, I think there's a failure, there's a bridge but the good thing is, is the man communicated he sent them a memo citing national assignment as reason for his inability to appear before the CCB so they have said they would reschedule the interview for a later date, not communicated even though as at the time we came on radio so um, it's nice, I like the way the gentleman conducts himself and that is why until he is found guilty um, somewhat I would continue to hold brief for him he has come out at least in the interest of transparency to explain himself uh, you know since he got uh, caught up or embroiled in the controversy surrounding better edu the minister for humanitarian affairs and poverty alleviation so, so let's hope to 
see how all of that pans out. But I think for now, um, he has conducted himself like a fine gentleman, Ponsak. Yeah, but what do you think about Sheo Sani and other uh, CSOs coming out to say that uh, he hasn't committed any infractions, you know, based on, on our laws and uh, what have you? Yeah, um, you remember the last time we spoke about this here while we were on the job? Uh, was it last week? It was last week, yes. Um, I held a similar view to what they said. For now, you know, the French people would like to say nobody is um, innocent until proven no, you, how did they say it? Nobody's it's not, nobody's innocent is, until proven guilty. Yes, until proven guilty. Unlike oh, us. you are innocent. Oh, until, oh, you're innocent. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Until proven guilty, yeah. that almost escaped all of us. Yeah. So that is the way they prefer to say it. Um, but in Nigeria, you are innocent until proven otherwise. So that is the case for Lubu Mitun Jojo. Mm. Um, he has come out. When people come out with documents like that, and nobody has come out to say, you know, this document is false or it was forged or anything, it means that um, he has a sort of chase and boldness to say, look, these are my step, and it is the account I am rendering before you. So I like that people are bold enough to come out in this fashion and say these things. It means that our institutions and even public officials um, know the value of remaining altruistic, remaining accountable mm -hmm. and transparent. And so they are conscious in the way and manner that they behave themselves. And um, even if, for example, he were to be found guilty, this is just an example, mm -hmm. and he decides to um, go into plea bargain, if anything, you can rest assured that, look, whoever that is involved or in charge of, of his case would look at him with some clemency and say, look, you were, you were, you were all, the, all the while transparent. You were all the while forthcoming mm -hmm. and bold enough, and they would accept that it was a mistake, if anything. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you know, that I'm observing with this uh, Tunji's case is that most Nigerians, you know, who travel a lot seems to really like him based on some of the policies that he has brought. True, true, true. Uh, for example, in the comfort of, I think was it yesterday or the day uh, before that he launched uh, the, is it an app? But if you want to get a Nigerian passport. E-passport. Yeah, yeah. Not even, okay. you can, in the comfort of your home, you mm -hmm. can do your uh, metric, and you know, data, he, you know, and then he, the passport, you know, As soon as he home. came on board, that was the very first thing he pursued, even for Nigerians in the diaspora. Yeah, so Nigerians seems to like, because true. my friend who, uh, is overseas, uh, told me one time ago that he contemplated burning his Nigerian passport. That's why he said that uh, his passport expired and he applied, you know, to, to the consulate. And yeah. the, uh, but, I mean, the uh, processes there was so true, long true. Uh, compared to when he wanted to get his, you know, uh, the passport of the country that he resides in. Uh, but what Tunji, you know, brought innovation, and you can see Nigerians in diaspora, even I think APC UK or APC Americas, you know, uh, pleaded, you know, on his behalf. UK. Uh, yeah, and then you find, you know, likes of people like, you know, Sheo Sani uh, and co., you know, other civil society organizations that I came out to say that uh, he hasn't committed any infractions whatsoever. But, you know, this is really interesting. I, 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 I still wrap, I'm still, you know, trying to wrap my head around. I mean, in one breath, if you, if you said that you don't know, you, you are not concerned or you don't know about the day-to-day -day running of that company that you started, uh, but why is that company, you know, when you are a minister getting contract in that huge sums of money? 
you know, what was the bidding process? What was the, uh, you know, was it fair? Mm -hmm. Was it, I mean, did you influence anything? Mm -hmm. And I learned that his wife or someone close to him, you know, is in charge of the day-to-day running of that uh, company. But, you know, these are some of the uh, things that I have, you know, in my head that are running. Uh, because uh, I believe that if there's any uh, contract that's sh- supposed to be bidding, they're supposed to be... I mean, sure. the bidding process needs to be it's very advertised. Yeah. True, just like the NNPC is doing yeah. with the Portacod refinery. But fine questions you're asking there, and uh, he shouldn't, be, you know, be, be seen to have escaped in any way, form or fashion. All of mm-hmm. the investigations that are going on. But um, the, the guarantee is for us um, the fact that look, if he was at any point in time guilty, mm. with better Edu's experience right now, there is no escaping whatsoever. For Tunji Ojo, and with the fullness of time, this is something I'm pretty sure would get to unravel. But perhaps we have just spoken about his ability to innovate, to bring um, interesting ideas. Perhaps when he was involved with the company, you never can tell, you know, the ship under which he left the company before eventually going into full-time politics because he contested for the House of Reps yeah. position and won eventually, even mm-hmm. and now he's a serving minister. So all of these things would come to limelight eventually and yeah. that's for sure i mean and uh, did, did you follow the story the nsa wanting to i mean seeking permission that he recruits his own staff uh, uh, did you follow that story? i saw i saw a snippet of it i didn't go into the details well I, how i wish you know you did but yeah, really I didn't interesting go into the details. really really uh interesting that um uh you know the nsa is uh, uh thinking about you know such a, an idea you know, uh, for him to recruit. I'm just wondering if you recruit your own, if you are permitted mm-hmm. to recruit your own staff, for example, if uh, someone comes, if Ponsakvanab comes tomorrow and becomes the NSC of Nigeria, you know, I'm going to recruit my own staff. Uh, and then the question is that, will they be loyal to the Republic or, or will they be loyal to the person that mm-hmm. gives them employment? Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing, you know, how Things are being done. Even uh, the unfortunate thing with our country is that even some uniform men are, religi- are, are, are loyal, more loyal to their religions. True. You know, I, I mean, there's nothing bad you know, about it. That's a statement of fact. Yeah, yeah, but again, you have to be loyal to the country. Religion is, you know, something personal uh, to you. But, you know, the place, I mean, the misplaced priority, you know, uh, for example. So, uh, well, very, very... Uh, interesting. When I saw, I said, "No, Rubadu always, always mm-hmm. thinking." Um, he's, he's ahead of himself most yeah. times. You look at, you know, the back and forth that he had with Yaradua. I think at some point, when you hold people in that regard so highly, they also have to conduct themselves um, beyond or above reproach, and mm-hmm. that's what Rubadu has to learn. Yeah, that history has always been going for him. You remember how he was redeployed to Nips. His promotion, mm. too, in the Nigerian police force, mm. the controversies that trailed all of that. And when you're having these things, you must understand that there's the law. You had a certain Osimbanjo, you know, who, as vice president, was made to understand that, look, when you come into this office, your aides would be appointed to you. And it's not in any way to say um, you're being watched or you're being caged or there's an attempt to spy over you or anything. That is the provision of the office, mm. except for your ADC, perhaps, which is something personal that anybody can understand. It has to do with your life and safety and all that. And I'm pretty sure, again, you have Shetima. By virtue of that office, 
there are positions or appointments that you don't get to make yourself. You know, so you have to conduct yourself. When the privilege for you comes to do these things, you can go ahead to do them. But provided that by any code or act, you don't have the rights to. People have to understand that they are first and foremost public servants. Yeah. Well, the Rights Minority Caucus is demanding the sanction of appeal uh, justices that uh, sack federal lawmakers and even state lawmakers from plan to state. Uh, well, that uh, three, I mean, maybe they'll go down in history to be the infamous three. I don't know uh, how they'll be remembered, uh, but it's very, it's a sad tale. And most of, I mean, all of them came to that position, I think, not more than five years, you know, ago. But just look at how mm-hmm. uh, infamous, you know, they've become, you know, really uh, spoiling their name and their reputation. Uh, for whatever you know reason, uh, because even if I, I mean at the tribunal, uh, Gilbert, one of the judges at the tribunal, Governor Shitravi said mm-hmm. even a primary six appeals, yes. you know, was w- better in arithmetic than yeah. one of the expert witnesses that the APC brought. brought yeah. So uh, these are some of the you know issues. And if you read, uh, although the CTC certified through mm-hmm. copy of you know the judgment is yet to be mm-hmm. uh, out, out mm-hmm. but Based on what the judges, you know, Supreme Court justices, you know, said, uh, is is very clear. That was a clear case of miscarriage of justice, you know, at the highest uh, level, you know. Uh, and my temptation is leading me to draw, you know, conclusion based on the statement of some of the mm-hmm. APC top the big, APC. Yeah, true, big, yeah, big politicians. Mm. Well, let's play this insert by Emeka Itiaba, um, the lawyer that represented uh, Caleb Mutfang and the PDP at the uh, recently concluded, I would say, election petition tribunal that the combination was at the Supreme Court. When we come back, we have a guest. The show will continue. Stay here. We are one ruffian, an idiot, was seen posting. I saw it in the video. Uh, when we get to Supreme Court, we know who they know, and they know who we know. That man should be arrested. By now, he should be in Kirikiri prison. He is not supposed to be in any civilization. You know? So, these people are people who pollute the system. Yeah, well, apologies for that word. Uh, really, our, our producers didn't uh, clean it, and we sincerely apologize yeah, for that. But it was on national TV. Yeah, was it yeah this on morning? national TV, yes. Was it this yes, morning? Yes, earlier, earlier. Yeah, so, it was on national uh, TV. Well, this all over the place. Yeah, it was all over the place. I mean, it's uh, currently <laughs> trending right now. We have uh, barrister singer Edward Jatau is here for the first time. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Good evening. Mezas Ponsak, Fanap, and Gilbert. Well, Good evening to our teaming listeners out there. Thank you. Thanks. It's nice to be on your program. Well, it's good. Uh, thank you for accepting to come. You're welcome. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. As a lawyer, what do you think about the recently concluded, you know, uh, election petition tribunal before we talk, start talking about the uh, nitty-gritties, you know, of the uh, case? Okay. I think that is a very good point to start. But um, before then, mm. against the backdrop of the recent Supreme Court judgment affirming the electoral victory of His Excellency, the Governor of Plateau State, Caleb Mutfang, I will wish to start by congratulating His Excellency 
on his well-deserved judicial victory. I will also wish to congratulate the people of Plateau State for demonstrating an enviable sense of moderation and modesty when they were provoked for no just reason. They remained calm. They saw through the process to the very end. Uh, thank God that justice has been well served. They are mandated you know, has been upheld by um, the apex court of the land. I would also like to congratulate the judiciary, especially the Supreme Court, for coming to the rescue of uh, the people's mandate in Plateau State. Because if uh, what happened at the lower rungs of the ladder was anything to go by, it left much to be desired. So I would say that the Supreme Court, on the 12th of January, 2024, has not only served justice, but um, has saved the day in so far as the stability of this nation is concerned in a country whereby there is this over-domestication of uh, the military. Even if an iPhone is stolen now, it is the military that will go after it, rendering the police almost moribund, coming in to settle internal disputes. I don't think uh, we will have loved anybody to come up with any militia in Kano that Abba Gidagida, who was overwhelmingly elected, has not returned, or anybody coming up with anything in Zamfara and uh, here on the plateau. Mm. So the Supreme Court um, did superbly well in that regard, and I believe that uh, the justices who sat you know, on that appeal will have etched their name gloriously in the annals of um, a judicial history and the political history of this nation. Uh, having said that, the judgment itself, you know, when the justices were reading the judgment, it was just a summary of it, you know, many people were taken aback. Why? Why? Many people many were people... kind of flabbergasted. Mm. Many people were kind of shocked at what they heard because the justices chastise, if you like, criticize, if you like, lampooned, if you like, Lashed, if you like, censured, you know, the Court of Appeal for delving into matters that ordinarily they shouldn't have even delved into, you know, because we've had a long line of authorities. It was not a novel matter in our jurisprudence, not at all. These are matters, you know, this is a matter that similar matters like that had come up in the past and, um, you know, they had been settled up to the Supreme Court level. There was a long list you know, of authorities in that regard, that you cannot challenge the issue of nomination and sponsorship of another political party when you are not even a member of that political party. That is something that ought not to even come before the court in the first place. If uh, you have anybody with any problem with nomination, you know, the only window is open to an aspirant who participated in the primary election of that political party mm. to institute you know, their action within 14 days, after which it will become statute bad. That is within 14 days of the that conduct and declaration of the results. Only yes, a member of a the member, an aspirant, party. yes. And not, not, not just a member, that uh, you just are a like member Sampia as well as an aspirant. Okay. You know, when you are not even an aspirant, you wouldn't be clothed with the requisite uh, local standard to approach the court. So everybody was uh, taken aback as to why you know, the Court of Appeal, which is the highest intermediate court, like it is the court next to uh, the Supreme Court in terms of a, a hierarchy, 
uh, who's a judge is ordinarily uh, expected to be highly experienced and knowledgeable in the aspects of um, law will, you know, tow that path. Uh, even the spurious reason that there was a high court order, the justice gang order, which was started by the APC, uh, even before the election, <laughs> even before the loose at the polls and we got to the tribunal, that was what they were touting all through. You know, the Supreme Court said that the judge who gave the order having the jurisdiction to even do that because it was a matter that centered around the leadership of a political party. And again, there is a long line of authorities in that regard, settled by the Supreme Court, that the issue of the Congresses or anything that has to do with the leadership of a political party is a no-go area for courts. It is outside of the jurisdiction of the courts. Let the political party handle, you know, its affairs. Once again, they took it there. The PDP were gracious and magnanimous enough to come up and put before the tribunal uh, the INEC report evidencing their compliance with that order. But even at that, uh, people, for whatever reason, found a way around it and said that the PDP was in disobedience. This again, the Supreme Court has settled in a long line of cases that by section 53, subsection 2, and uh, paragraph 15C of the 1999 Constitution as amended, the only statutory organ empowered to monitor the conduct and operations of political parties, which include their finances, their congresses, their conventions, and all have you, is INEC. INEC is to political parties what uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria is to commercial banks, if you like. Okay? So, INEC, which is vested with this constitutional power, but with this statutory power, yeah. brought the report before the court and said the PDP did comply. But the question is that, why do you think the APC and its team of lawyers will just hinge an argument that the PDP didn't comply with the uh, court order on the one hand, on the other hand, uh, for them, you know, to poke nose and using the words of the tribunal, you know, saying that the APC was a meddlesome interloper. Why do you think they hinge their argument on these two, you know, issues that uh, the Supreme Court, you know, uh, for lack of, you know, better, you know, phrase, no, well, regarded I, as childish? You know? in, in, in any case, uh, it was uh, as clear as crystal that the APC lost woefully at the polls and um, you know those who were declared winners you know in the past general election were indeed the winners in that election so uh, they couldn't have uh, latched on to the issue of uh, any malpractice to challenge their victories in court because they knew that they lost okay so the only thing that they felt that could latch on to it was an opening was to you know, uh, put forward that argument. And this is the root of the matter. At that by-election, there was a by-election initially, whereby the member representing uh, Josnot Basa, yeah. Honorable Aga, Avia, yeah. won his election. And, um, you know, tribunal was set up. And that was the first time the APC, the PRP then, tested, you know, what the APC would later latch onto in uh, the 2023, you know, elections, okay? They raised the same argument that the PDP was in disobedience of a court order and therefore 
it uh, ought not to have participated in the by-election in the first place. So all votes cast for the PDP were wasted votes. And uh, the tribunal agreed with them. The Court of Appeal agreed with them. And, you know, that victory was snatched. Okay. But there was something that happened. In that very uh, election, during the election the petition in the tribunal and at the Court of Appeal, the PDP, for whatever reason, did not produce this INEC report before the court. But they raised the argument, which was still and is still valid in law, that that was a pre-election matter, that the argument of the PRP was a pre-election matter. But uh, the judges discountenanced that and snatched uh, Aga's victory. So uh, they were emboldened by that, and uh, probably that was why they had to recourse to that same ploy now to try and rob uh, the PDP of its uh, hard-earned you know, victories in uh, the 2023 uh, general elections. Yeah. So let's look at, you know, the fate of these sacked lawmakers now. You have different interpretations, even among lawyers, lawyers. among senior advocates of Nigeria. Certain people say, look, um, the judgment could further be appealed before the Supreme Court. Some say it's only the state government that is capable of, you know, pursuing that case to a logical conclusion. And there's a chance if and only if the state government does that. What becomes, of the, you know, the fate of these people? In light of the fact that when Zamfara happened, you know, stalwarts of the APC in Zamfara state attempted to have that case reviewed, but they were even slammed a fine. I remember at the time, you know, for um, trying to approach the court for what was never going to be possible. What is the fate of these lawmakers and what are chances? You also have, again, Musa Aga Avia going into a rerun election. You have Senator Samuel Matkon going into a rerun election. What is the implication when you look at all of these things on the table? Okay, thank you so very much. Um, let me say this scenario is uh, quite different from uh, that Zamfara scenario. Yes. I think uh, as for Zamfara, it was a member of the APC that challenged you know, their primary election, which later cost them you know, all the seats. In this case, I am of the view that there is a window of opportunity for the SAC PDP lawmakers on the plateau. And I am fortified in my argument based on some of the cases I have stumbled on. The Ucha versus Onwes case, the Dangana versus Usman case, something similar happened. And it was in respect of National Assembly election, a senatorial election. In this republic? Yes. A senatorial election. And when the matter was determined at the Court of Appeal, the man who fell hard done by approached the Supreme Court. And this was what they did. They approached the Supreme Court with an application for leave to file an appeal against the judgment of the Court of Appeal. And what was their argument? They were not there to challenge, you know, to raise an issue as to whether someone has been validly elected or not. But they hinged their argument on the issue of jurisdiction, that the Court of Appeal, which determined their fate wrongly, hadn't even the jurisdiction to entertain the matter in the first place. Okay? And if um, you followed very well what happened at the Supreme Court on the, the 12th of January 2024, the justices of the Supreme Court made it very clear that the PDP case ought not to have been brought before, like the APC petitions, ought not to have been brought 
to court in the first place. And why was that? Because they were matters that centered the issues they raised in their petition, you know, bothered on matters that centered on the internal affairs of a political party, on pre-election matters, uh, on the congresses of uh, Congress of the PDP, on the plateau, and, you know, no court, no election petition tribunal, you know, is invested with the jurisdiction to consider such matters. So you can see it is now similar to the cases I told you. It means what the PDP will now do, or this aggrief, um, this sacked, rather, uh, lawmakers on the plateau would do, is to approach the Supreme Court. Uh, people have argued that the 60 days or whatsoever days to hear appeals have uh, elapsed fine. But like I said, they will not be approaching the court to test whether they were validly elected or not. They will approach the court and raise the issue of jurisdiction. That the Court of Appeal hadn't the jurisdiction to entertain that matter and to make such orders. And it is an elementary principle of our jurisprudence that once a court lacked jurisdiction to entertain a matter, no matter how well conducted, you know, that matter was before that court, it results in nothing but a nullity. So we'll simply seek, you know, uh, the attention of the Supreme Court to nullify to just pronounce that what the Court of Appeal did was a nullity. And if what the Court of Appeal did was a nullity, then it means we will retrieve uh, our certificates of return. And in fact, in the eyes of the law, the lawmakers would be deemed not to have been sacked in the first place. Because all that they did, you know, will be declared a nullity. So uh, many people are coming to the table, legal eggheads. We are trying to come up with, you know, a very suitable, you know, part and uh, I assure you, we will pursue this to, you know, a logical end. Let's look at, you know, um, for some reason, cases of legislators has to end at the appellate court. At the court of appeal, yes. yes. And people just begin to wonder, you have these sort of judgments coming now. And, uh, you know, you have just said legal aircats are coming together to see the way out. Do you think or don't you think in whichever way you want to call that, these matters should all elapse at the Supreme Court. And what's the reason for having the appellate court as the last bus stop for these cases? And then secondly, the judge's fraternity, I, I want to think that as a layman, there should be respect in the way some of these judges address their fellow judges when cases go before them. You see what the appeal court said in, you know, or against Justice Aigishi, you just begin to wonder he was insulting. Too many insulting words there. And you also have the Supreme Court doing the same thing in the case of the appeal court. What should the form, what should, you know, um, the manner of respect, if anything, be among the judges while addressing their colleagues who erred in the line of duty? Okay, let me start with uh, why uh, National Assembly, you know, election matters end at the Court of Appeal. All right, Gilbert, if you were to take any matter before the Supreme Court now, like let's say just civil appeal before the Supreme Court now, and I think you are not likely to get a date for the next five years, what does that tell you? It tells you that the Supreme Court is heavily congested. The cause list is heavily congested. Numerous, numerous cases. And, you know, since it is the apex court of the land, it's got to uh, uh, tailor its attention towards matters of uh, national importance or significance, if you like. 
So the thinking was that let not every matter get up to the Supreme Court. The court has already congested. So matters should be able to end, you know, at a certain level. They must not get to the Supreme Court. And like I told you, the Court of Appeal, from the Court of Appeal, the next court is the Supreme Court. And it is expected that if you will have risen through the ranks, okay, up to the Court of Appeal, uh, there shouldn't be any much difference between your understanding of the law and uh, as a justice of the Court of Appeal and uh, that of uh, the Supreme Court. And like I said, in law, there is what you call stare decisis, the doctrine of judicial precedence. Okay? If a matter has been decided before and a case comes before you similar with that which had been decided before, especially if by a higher court, the court considering it, it's bound to defer to the decision of that higher court. So like I said, this was not rocket science. Okay? We've had this already established precedent. So the question to ask is, why did the Court of Appeal, okay, do what they did? And let me tell you, it is, uh, you know, more intriguing when you consider the fact that less than 72 hours to the first judgment given on regarding the PDP matter in Plateau State, that was uh, the Mwatkon's uh, judgment. Less than 72 hours. That same Court of Appeal, Okay, headed down by another justice, the Justice Trauma led panel, delivered, you know, a judgment on a matter, on an appeal similar to that of Plateau State, where the PDAPC were challenging, you know, the nomination and sponsorship of the PDP candidate in Askere Oba Federal Constituency on the ground that uh, the PDP disobeyed, you know, court order. The Justice Trauma led panel clearly spelled out that that was not within the purview of an election petition tribunal to consider and it was not within the purview of the Court of Appeal to delve into. They had in the jurisdiction to do that. And it threw out, you know, that appeal. So you begin to wonder, why would in 72 hours or thereabout later, the same Court of Appeal now, headed by uh, Justice AMC, is it Daudu? And... Uh, Having a uh, Okong Abang and uh, Justice Wazri as uh, members will now say that they were nullifying the election in the northern senatorial zone of Plateau State because PDP was in disobedience of a court order. And another interesting thing is that all appeals from Plateau State, there's only Plateau State that had all its appeals before one panel, the Daudu led panel. That's but as for right. other states, you probably you have the governorship before another panel, probably uh, that of uh, the House of Reps or Senate. You know, uh, so that was to ensure a uniformity of uh, a decision. So that now raises, you know, the question. It raises the question: Is it that there was somebody somewhere behind the scenes pulling the strings, more so that the judgment was against legal reasoning and logic? against clearly let down, you know, judicial precedence. Okay? So it raised that question. That was why even at that point, the PDP as a political party started clamoring for a change, you know, in panel, quorum. Okay? And wrote a whole lot to the NJC. Going by what the Supreme Court has said on the 12th of January, 
it is now very clear, it is now beyond peradventure that something went wrong. And like I said, I have met my case. Why I am saying or why, in my own opinion, I do not see that as an honest mistake, but as a deliberate ploy. Because as judges, you are supposed to defer to what? To doctrine of judicial precedence. Cases have been decided like that in the past. I was in the court of appeal. Okay? The day they had, you know, some of the appeals, that of uh, AVM Napoleon Binka Bali, that of uh, Benilar. Damian Dodo, who was leading the team for Benilar, stood up and articulated his position. We placed before the Court of Appeal the most recent decision of the Supreme Court at the time, Oni versus Oyebanji, concerning the Ekiti election, governorship election, which is a reiteration of the Supreme Court decision in Jegede versus Einek, that the validity of the sponsorship of a political party cannot be questioned by anybody by an election petition the you know tribunal we place that authority gilbert and uh, mr fanap is there is, is what i've just said that the validity of the sponsorship cannot be questioned you can't question whether the sponsorship was valid or not and that was what the apc you know uh, went to do before you know the tribunal and they turn a blind eye to that and let me say another thing damian dodo read a portion of a judgment delivered by one of the members of the panel. The judge, that judge sat to the right of uh, the lead judge, the chairperson of the panel, wherein he had dealt with a similar thing. And I beg to read that one. Hear what Damien Dodo read to him that day. That, My lord, you decided in, in Bina and another versus Einek and others. It was reported in 2017. The complaint of validity of any judgment of court is clearly outside the jurisdiction of the election petitions tribunal. It is very clear from the provision of section 285 of the constitution that the jurisdiction of an election tribunal cannot accommodate the appellant's complaints of non-compliance with the judgment or order of the federal high court. Such grievances can only be accommodated in the considered opinion of this court by a regular court empowered with such jurisdiction. This was an earlier decision handed down by a member of this PDP panel. So you will now ask yourself, what happened? It was read to him, read to them, they heard it. They still turn a blind eye, shut their eyes, you know, to these facts. So it tells you that something somewhere is wrong. And that is why we welcome with open arms, you know, the investigation by the National Judicial Council. And we do not only welcome that, we are also appealing that that investigation be carried out in a very thorough manner. And that if anybody is found culpable at the end of it, that person should be sanctioned according to the letters, you know, of uh, the law. Those who have worked iniquity on Plateau State ought to be brought to account and they should be able to reveal to us whose fancied interest they were pursuing by dishing out such watery judgments. Well, let's open the phone lines in case just tune in. We've been having a chat with uh, Barista Singer Edward Jatau, and we're looking at uh, I mean, some of the issue coming from the uh, court, uh, especially just concluded election petition tribunal that culminated at the Supreme Court, that is the apex court of the land. That declared uh, the victory of Governor Caleb Mutfang as the duly elected governor of Plantu State. And of course, the one of the justices there regretting 
at the miscarriage of justice done on the national lawmakers and state lawmakers. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 0812-187-7777. Or you call 90 Or go to Facebook, um, we are JFM Live, and on X, we are JFM Just, and drop your comments. Before we call, turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely. Let's take the first call. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Yes, thank you for calling. We're listening to you, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from Chicha and Chijongsha. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Yes, I will comment your guest. He has spoken very, very well. You see, what happened in the Plateau State, especially at the Supreme Court, at Supreme Court, is God at work. Because most of the expectations that have been seen and the facts and the claiming of knowing somebody is a factor that makes you to, to make it not even have trust in the judicial arm of government. But you see, in the appeal court, I think it's just a, a, a robbery in democracy because everybody knows that it's very, very clear. Everybody, all the uh, uh, legal advice, I think this uh, pre-election matter, which in Tribuna, it have not given judgment so the appeal have gone. And we have known what triggered uh, 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 the judgment of the appeal court. So I think it's not something that is very, very fast. I think the chairman of the appeal court have to uh, uh, break the platooners and look at the matter and give the date that they uh, have their mandate to look at it. If it is the case of uh, 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 any candidate that is touched in the PDP because of structure, I think the Supreme Court confirmed the structure of PDP from polling it to national level. So I think that to say that the those judgment, the wisdom that they use to give their judgment, they should review it and look at the people mandate. If not, I think the benefit and the democracy of Plateau State is not going to be benefit because the governor needs his team. That's the team that they will help him to implement his work. So with a strong opposition, the governor cannot be able to implement his work fully. So we are calling on the appeal to look on the other hand. This is the mandate of the Platooners so that they should give those that appeal called uh, uh, snatch and they don't have the uh, uh, power to go to Supreme Court. Then they look at the judgment of the Supreme Court and do the needful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sadiq. Thank you for your uh, brilliant comment. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening, Gilbert. Good evening, um, Mr. Ponsa. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Tell us your name and join okay, the conversation. I'm Osas. I'm calling from Rayfield. Thank you, Musa. We're listening to you. Yeah. Osas, Osas. Yeah, go so ahead. Let me, let, me, let me begin by congratulating the governor on his victory at the Supreme Court. But uh, my own take is this. I think uh, for those people that were unjustfully removed, because now it, it is obvious that it was a miscarriage of justice, I think there are, apart from the legal aspects, those people should be able to resign and let them be by election. You understand me? Or there should be what you call, as Osama suggested, there should be what you call a record of all those members and those uh, senators that benefited from this miscarriage of justice. And again, if there should be sanction for some, some of these judges so that such things cannot happen, should not happen again in the future. Because you cannot be responsible for the sack of some people and you are still now enjoying your own job. So that's my own take. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, good evening. 
Thank you for calling. Hello. Hello. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Please, before you call, turn down the volume of your radio. Hello, good evening, sir. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name and join the conversation, please. Yes, this will be now calling from Bukuru. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Yes, my 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 own thought is a question to the barrister. Yeah, I don't know if he has um, had what the speaker of the state assembly has said. Yeah, he's not going to work with his members. I think they should give them. Yeah. I'm even finding the money. Yeah, maybe maybe you hang up and call back again because our guest said that he cannot make out your words. So uh, we appreciate if you call back when you get a chance. Hello. 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 Well, turn down Hello? the volume of your radio, please. I have done that already. Good evening, you know, uh, Joseph, Mr. Ponsat, and your guest. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name and join the conversation, please. Thank you so very much for having me. This is Comrade Marambulus Mandiu calling you from Dapo in Bokos. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. I think your, your, your guest now has spoken one very, very well. Let me tell you something. These no judges who sat on plateau cases, but there is something fishy somewhere. So this is no... In fact, I, I, I don't know. This is, in fact, they, they, they did that no, just to, to inflict pain no, on the plateau no, electorate. And we are deeply, you know, in, in, in pain. Do you know the kind of how many people died when they announced Kalu, you know, uh, Isaac Kalu of Kwantan, you know, lost his seat? How many people? How many people died? Because let me tell you something. Most of the people are in pain, are in anguish. And, uh, there are some people that you know they they they, 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 they have uh, they, they, they have so many what you not know, ailments as a result of this what miscarriage of justice by this what you no know, court of appeal. What are we talking about? Let me tell you something. We are not going to allow no this no illegal members to to, 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 to go to close to what to, to our house of assembly because house of assembly is a house for making laws, no illegal laws, not the, 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 a house that will make what will accommodate what illegal what members. What are they going to do? They don't have any duty to do no close to what the house of assembly you know here on the plateau. So we don't want to see any one of them there. Because, in fact, they have robbed us, in fact, they have inflicted what more pain. But why are you even saying that, no, no you know, uh, Imeka, Imeka is here about that, that lawyer, you know what he's doing? Why, why should somebody come out on here to say that, in fact, they know who they know? Uh, why do they, are we in a lawless you know, uh, society? No, we are in a society that is governed by laws and principles. What are we talking about? We need our mandate back, no, Mr. Ponsat. Do have a wonderful celebration. Good evening. Thank you, thank you. Gilbert will yeah. take us through. Let's look uh, from bottom to top. Asobanga Ikiasi says, Can we publish the names of those judges for reference purpose? Charity Harley says, Please, what's happening with Nasara state politics? I learned there was hearing today concerning A.A. Sule and Ombugadu. Any news, please? They have reserved judgment in that matter. Amonde John says, We are listening. Ambassador Joachim Doom says, No matter how excited you feel, do not just wake the sleeping dog else you'll be beaten. Well, we Nassau Miss Victory says the guest spoke wonderfully well. The APC benefactors of injustice cannot be allowed to go away with the people's mandate. Moses Adinoye says the PDP lawmakers were sacked due to the erroneous judgment passed by the appeal court, so they should be reinstated. The Supreme Court 
has set the precedence by correcting the anomalies. Thank you. Superstra says, please and please, I need more explanation about the Speaker of the Plateau State. He said he will not recognize APC members in Plateau State. Please, we need more explanation. Once again, I love your show. Stephen T. Irene says, please, I want to know um, how the new Speaker ended up declaring, declaring APC House of Assembly members in Plateau State um, as non-existent. Okay, Julius Achigak says there should be fairness at all court levels. The proper authorities that have the power to order for review of the wrong judgments of the appeal court should do so. And Comrade Peter Panmon Bissat says, for me, if only the members of the APC legislature from, legislature from the national to state would understand what honorable means, they will return the certificate of return honorably. Comrade Longa says, for, thank you, Ponsak and Gilbert, for bringing these issues on board. I was patiently waiting to hear more of the unlawful sack of our House members, and I'm calling for the review of their sack by the appeal court. Hapsin Manasi says, if the lawmakers who were sacked under the basis of no party structure, I think their fate is certain now, since it's the same party that the Supreme Court declared Governor Caleb Mutfang as the authentic winner of the election. Dashe Alexander Danuk says, I pray it is in order. Those judgments need to be revisited. There was too much irregularities in the process summing up to those judgments. I really only wonder how the leadership of the appeal court is feeling now. Joe Adu Kubo says, If Supreme Court is a policy court and what they say becomes a law, then they should interfere in the issue of Plateau State. The masses should not suffer for the incompetence or errors of court of appeal judges. Richard Egbita says, We appreciate God and the Supreme Court for protecting the people's choice, governor, and it's quite unfortunate that the desperation of APC is nothing but a clear political banditry, and I hope the state and national assembly lawmakers will be given justice. Clement Basile says, Congratulations to God's chosen hero, His Excellency BCM. May God grant him the wisdom to lead. Felku Kagon says, Is there any issue left about the sacked lawmakers? The Nigerian judiciary should be careful not to abuse the law themselves. Katala Ayuba says, The Electoral Act is um, generic. Okay, sui generic. You, you wanted to say in nature, any court, the approach over the attack by the Court of Appeal would be exercised in futility. Nendungbam says, I really want to hail the doggedness of President Bola Tinubu and the Supreme Court for allowing the follow um, okay, of equity and fairness in the Supreme Court. Finally, Izang, as he says, I want to know the fate of the unlawful, unlawfully sacked PDP lawmakers and the position of the law. That does it from here, Ponsak. All right, maybe one more phone call and then we'll uh, turn to the guest to give his uh, final remarks. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Tell us the name and join the conversation, please. Yes, this will be calling from Botswana. My five questions of the month are what the position of the uh, uh, house of assembly, the house of assembly, the house of assembly, the house the house and lastly, I want to know how we push this to the court. So that if the lawmakers, the federal lawmakers, who push it to the state, the federal lawmakers and federal lawmakers 
Yeah, well, we can't. I, I we can't really hear you. Maybe you. Uh, yeah, well, we can't really understand what. But thank you for making the effort to call. Go ahead, Barista Singer, and give your concluding remarks. All right, thank you so very much. Um, once again, uh, Mr. Fanab and uh, Gilbert, I would like to reiterate the fact that the NJC should launch a thorough investigation and let heads roll. Enough of all this uh, condemnation here and there. We want to see action taken because no office is more important than that of the citizenry or the citizen. Mm. The office of any judge is not more important than that of the citizen, not even that of Mr. President, not even that of uh, uh, you know, members of the National Assembly or State uh, House of Assembly. The most important office is that of the citizen. And it will constitute a grievous danger to our society if we do not take hard action on those who tend to jettison justice for another thing else. And it reminds me of uh, the immortal words of the former Chief Justice of Nigeria, Uwes. He had this to say on uh, a corrupt and an unfit judge. And I quote, said, a corrupt judge is more harmful to the society than a man who runs amok with a dagger in a crowded street. The latter can be restrained physically, but a corrupt judge will deliberately destroy the moral foundation of the society and causes incalculable distress to individuals throughout, through abusing his office while still being referred to as honorable. Okay. Oputa has said a corrupt judge will not only, you know, pollute the channels of justice, but constitutes a danger to the society. We are not uh, prejudging any matter. The investigation is underway. But like I said, if anybody is found culpable, let action be taken. We don't want these matters to be uh, swept um, under the carpet. Thank okay? You. And um, finally, people have commended that uh, President Tinubu is good for the fact that he did not interfere, which is in line with his uh, constitutional order of office. And I also commend him, too, for doing that, for refusing to interfere. But it is very important for us to see to it that judges are not made to live under some form of a mortal trepidation of people who occupy high executive uh, uh, offices. Because in an ideal society, even if anybody had wanted to interfere, the right thing to do is to see to it that justice uh, is done, even if the heavens will what? Will fall. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you. much, uh, Barrister uh, Singer Edward Jetau. Thank you very much Thank for you. your great analysis. Thank, Thank fine you. Word. Nice chat. Um, Femi Additional launched his book today, working with Buhari, and Buhari himself was there just like the president. The creme de la creme, yes, right? The creme de la creme, true, of Nigerian politics were all there. And there seems to be some form of friendship still existing between President Buhari and Mamadou and Tinubu himself. Mm -hmm. They are all full of praises for themselves. And let's see how far this friendship goes, despite the investigations we're seeing. Well, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, that would be a great ride, you know, mm -hmm. to uh, be in. Well, my name is Ponsak Fanap. Stay tuned. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Keep listening to us. I mean, this is the only place that you get the best of everything all in one. Have a good evening. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.